Hello and welcome to Affliction Sugarcoated, a podcast where we sugarcoat some of the world's so-called afflictions and rate its plausibility out of a scale of 1 to 5. I'm Minnie Kim and today we will be sugarcoating common quotes and back to school. Let's start with the back to school concept. Okay, so I'm sure this is relatable, but the first day back to school is either wonderful or terrible. Like, in my experience, the first day of school has never been neutral. Either your friends have completely changed over the summer and you don't like them anymore, or you really like your teachers and you start to have good vibes about the year. Right now, I'm writing on the first day back to school. I won't say which grade I'm in just for the sake of stranger danger, which is ironic since I'm literally inflicting my opinion onto the world as I do this, but no worries. Anyways, we're gonna make this a short one since I'm sure almost everyone listening to this has felt this before, but when you're young, the back to school concept is both exciting and horrifying. For those of you who enjoy school, first of all, wow, but second of all, you're most likely excited. I admire that. But for those of you who hate school, you're just clinging on to the belief that this year will be better because frankly, you can't take your mind off of it. It's almost like thoughts are addictive. Oh, and for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, you mostly don't care about school. Anyways, I wanted to take us back to kindergarten. First grade, second grade, whatever you think is young is probably young enough. Now, if you're not Einstein, you probably had no idea what was going on. My world was particularly small. It was cartwheels, the playground, and my friends. That was all. The middle schoolers were tall and scary. The supermarket was filled with literally tangible and quite edible gold. Life was good. Not that it ever wasn't, but life was particularly good. Or maybe it was horrible. I honestly don't remember anything about my early years. I just reminisce about an unknown happiness. A joy unknown to even myself. I say that the human body and mind changes without notice. We're unconscious of growth until reminded, and that can actually be petrifying. You never know how much you grew in the summer until you go back to school and compare it to the other kids. Because really, what is life without a good comparison? I'm pretty sure that in the status quo, I don't get to go to kindergarten again. I don't get to retrieve my small world. But then again, I'm not sure I would like to indulge myself in an innocence so immaculate. I think generally, people look at the past through pictures, souvenirs, memories, and other people. It's a normal process of daily life, so in that sense of gnarly logic, we shouldn't feel anything on the first day of school, right? We should feel normal, as in nostalgic. The weird sensation of deja vu. When I say indulge myself in an innocence so immaculate, I mean my tiny brain when I was young. Our brain grows like our body. It's just that it's not entirely conspicuous. I think I like it that way. 
not knowing the size of my brain in my prior years and not forging back the memories of my immaculate innocence, it's safer that way. So maybe back to school isn't that bad after all. Maybe working after a holiday isn't that bad. It's just normal after all. Let's just establish that this podcast is just fooling myself of afflictions. Normally after a long day of work and school, I'd give the sugar coating a 2.5 or a 3, but I'm feeling generous today. Maybe nostalgia really has gotten the better of me. I give the sugar coating of back to school a 3.5. Now on to common quotes. I personally think that quotes are wonderful. It's just intriguing how influential they are. For example, movie quotes, like, do the writers know how influential their words are going to be when they write it? Do the actors know? In fact, quotes are so common that there are so many of them with overlapping meanings, but have different choices of words. Largely speaking, I think there are three categories of quotes. A. Life. B. Love. And C. Hatred. It's the same with modern-day songs as well. In any way possible, quotes inspire. They're spoken, written, and inflicted upon the world in any other way to inspire. It's up to the audience to decide if that's a good thing. And I use the word inflicted because of this podcast's name. I'm the kind of person to put quotes on everything. My phone and laptop's background my social media accounts, you name a physical thing that I can plaster a quote on, I have it on. My favorite quotes are from books or movies. To take my phone as an example, my lock screen features a quote from The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. It reads, quote, So we beat on, boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. Anyone who has properly read the book will realize that the quote is the last sentence of the book. They will also argue that this is one of the best classics out there, and they are utterly right. But back to the topic. Common quotes. Those are the ones that everyone knows. A good example would be the ones about failure. You can't succeed without failure, learn from your failures, etc. Like, there are so many variations of saying that failure isn't bad because you can learn things from it. And it's true. Sure, take the word of a student saying that when you raise your hand and get the answer wrong, the humiliation helps you learn. But there are failures concerned with careers, work, businesses, marriage, and so many others that you lose track. And maybe you're given a second chance to prove that you learned from your failures. Maybe you don't because of a financial situation, perhaps a health condition. A lot of people don't get that second chance, and it's devastating. Now let's imagine a world without failure. No one gets an F, every business flourishes, every marriage pulls through, and wouldn't that be peaceful? Technically, there would be less deaths and less conspiracies. 
there be less suffrage and less pain, it'd instinctively be a better world. But I wouldn't want to live in it. And I am betting that there are others who wouldn't hate that world. I'm very competitive. I run for success, and I run to be number one. That sometimes definitely doesn't go as planned, and I end up last, second, or any other place. But I love the competitive aspect of failure and success. And maybe it's just me, but I intuitively erase success out of my system when there's no failure. It's just inconceivably impossible to imagine a world like that. I like the unfairness of competition. I like the teamwork and sportsmanship it takes to win and lose. It's so amazing what human endeavor has achieved, and in the words of Stephen Hawking, quote, there should be no boundaries to human endeavor. And so I have successfully sugarcoated the error in common quotes. The next one may sound silly, but should I say, the clichéness of a quote desperately needs sugarcoating. The proper definition of cliché, according to Cambridge Dictionary, is, quote, a saying or remark that is very often made and is therefore not original and not interesting. Mark my words, I'm not saying that quotes are uninteresting, but there comes a point when you just continuously hear something over and over again, thus labeling it as cliché. It doesn't sound original, and it's cringy. There's no specified spectrum or boundary to this feeling. You just feel it. I was watching a movie the other day, and it's just my opinion, and I know I don't get to dictate what's what, but everything sounded so cliché. I'm not going to name the movie, just that it was recent. It felt like I heard every one of those sentences a thousand times and more. Most of the time, this is what happens when you just search for good quotes. Google yields a bunch of sentences in the form of different variations. Only some of the quotes are actually meaningful ones that may change your life. When a quote is life-changing, it's most likely the one that only you and some other random guy has heard. To me, that's the definition of a life-changing quote. Alas, I am still a youngling who has not faced a quote that is life-changing, albeit I have had some that I'm pretty sure I will remember forever. To name one, it goes like this, quote, There is a moment, a cusp, when the sum of gathered experience is worn down by the details of living. We're never so wise as when we live in this moment. This is from a book called When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi, and it is very, very close to life-changing. Paul Kalanithi was a neurosurgeon and an excellent writer who unfortunately passed due to cancer. The inspiring quote I just read is just one of many. Read this book, and you'll understand. But to clarify, I think that there is a point of randomly reading quotes. Not only is it fun, but it evokes rumination, wisdom, and perspective. Not long ago, I went to an aquarium, and as I looked, 
at all the fish, the tiny sharks, and all kinds of sea creatures, it was quite stunning. Not particularly because it was beautiful, but because there were just infinitely many. I could walk around that thing for hours and still not fully discern everything. After spectating the individual glasses of fish, the runway ended at a huge staircase with a frontal stage, almost like an unsophisticated orchestra stage, and a colossal tank stood in front of me. In the tank were all the creatures I had seen today, and this resonating music was playing in the background. It was quite dark, but the reflection of light from the tank made this luminous and blue shadow that covered almost half of the frontal stage. It was beautiful. And that day, I understood the quote, The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. This was what it meant. As you're reading books, watching movies, and scrolling through cliché quotes for a truly unknown reason, you'll realize that there's just too much wisdom for one brain. To quote Kalanithi, human knowledge is never contained in one person. There are too many quotes that are actually life-changing. You want to pick a favorite quote, but there's just too many that you think is genius. As an avid reader, that has certainly happened for me. It is just all too overwhelming. I don't know about everyone, but I just want to sink in a corner and read quotes. I want to think to myself, and I want to acknowledge that quotes being cliché isn't really that it's cliché. It's just me feeling nostalgic. If this is the actual feeling of nostalgia, I doubt it. But there is something about quotes that makes life a little more explained and ambiguous at the same time. I would like to hold on to that feeling for a while. I would like to sit there and reminisce about something that I don't even remember, and I know my whole cliché speech sounds absurd and impossible, but let us appreciate human knowledge and endeavor, because it is what makes quotes that we call common. It is what made the three categories of quotes. It is what makes the opportunity to speak into people's lives. And if that isn't cliche, I don't know what is. I give the share coding of common quotes a four. This podcast was written and produced by me, Minnie Kim, and on that note, I would like to truly thank everyone for listening to this podcast. If you have comments or reviews, please feel free to write any and all thoughts on your podcast reviews. If you have any questions or would like to suggest an affliction for me to sugarcoat, please email me via afflictionsugarcoated at gmail.com. I'm still a learner, so although the email may be impossible to spell, please give it a try for the sake of better and improved episodes. To end the podcast, I'll leave you with a question to think about for the day. What exactly is the feeling of nostalgia? We all know the definition, but what is that queer feeling that overtakes the body? Alright, hope you have fun. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>